Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we come to the third part of our conclusion. Right after he sent his report to Rome, Blessed George was struck by an acute attack of appendicitis. It was hard to find a doctor since martial law was still in effect uh, at that time. He was brought to a clinic and he underwent surgery. He received communion daily. He asked for it as viaticum on the last day of his life. Let's listen to the letter of a Marian who describes his last hours. At one in the morning, I went to see the weary and weakened patient. Your Excellency, I said, kneeling at his bed, please give your blessing to our congregation. He put his hand over my head and stroked it like a mother strokes her child, making a sign of the cross on my forehead. He repeated a few times, close your ranks and sacrifice yourselves. Then he lifted his hand and imparted his blessing. Then he put it over my head again and lightly touched my face a few times, as if confirming the blessing imparted to the congregation. Tears rose to my eyes as I kissed the hand of our beloved father. I stayed very close to him for a long, long time, and his hand remained on my head. A true leader gives war orders even at the hour of his death. Close your ranks, meant to say, as I understood it, to preserve the unity and a uniform communal front, standing for Christ and the gospel, to close ranks in order to be strong and to sacrifice ourselves in order to win the battle. Then I got up and asked, Your Excellency, shall I administer the last rites? Good, he replied. I received the viaticum this morning, and now you can administer the unction to me. After administering the unction, the final anointing, I kissed his hand while he said, Now you can go home. But I could not, so I said nothing. He repeated his words. I kissed the hand of his excellency and moved aside. A moment later, I hear him reciting the psalm. I could not recognize which one it was. Then he folded his arms as a bishop was accustomed to do, opened them up, and imparted a blessing. This was his last farewell to all his friends and acquaintances, to all those whom he loved, to his beloved nation, to the world. The doctor and the nurses took desperate measures to keep the patient alive, but it was all in vain. It seems that God's will was otherwise. The patient was restless at times and kept pushing his covers. Looking at the head nurse, the archbishop asked her name. She said it was Josepha. Then he told her to kneel, placed his, head, his hand on her head, and told her to repeat after him, I, Josepha, the Lord's servant, profess in the hands of the Almighty the three simple vows for an indeterminate time. Josepha prayerfully repeated each word. In view of the fact that Josepha was a laywoman, and the words the archbishop spoke were from the formulary for a nun pronouncing her vows, it appears that even in his dying moments he wanted to lead souls along the path to perfection by way of the evangelical councils. Surprisingly, the archbishop spoke these words loudly and distinctly, and I was overjoyed for a moment, thinking he might be getting better. 
However, at two and three o'clock, his pulse was barely discernible. At half-past three, the patient was very peaceful, his breathing very slow. The three nurses, the doctor and I, knelt down to recite the prayers for the dying. Our prayers and tears accompanied the Archbishop's soul to the bosom of the Almighty at 3.45 a.m. on January 27, 1927. After his death, many people came to bid the apostolic visitator goodbye. Listen to what the Speaker of the Parliament had to say. Today we are burying the remnants of the man who surpassed everyone by his extraordinary strength of spirit, his powerful intellect, and his holy life. He taught us the gospel, not only by his beautiful speech, but by his exemplary behavior, his holy life. He was our evangelical light that shone brightly upon Lithuania and the entirety of humanity. He was this holy person that does not disappear, but who remains preserved in a miraculous manner and broadly influences the entire society. Being a true messenger of God and apostle of love, he stayed close to all, to the poor and the rich, to the educated and simple folks, to the youth full of hope and the elderly at the end of their life. Blessed George was originally buried in the crypt of the cathedral in Kaunas, the city where he had been consecrated a bishop. On the 25th anniversary of the renewal of the Marian congregation, when he had saved the Marians from extinction, his body was transferred to the parish church in Mariampole, where it rests to this day. His last couple of years were very fruitful. They were also very difficult. He once said that his time serving as Bishop of Vilnius had been like purgatory. His time trying to save the Catholic Church in Lithuania as the apostolic visitator, he said, was like being in hell. He only lived 55 years, but he suffered throughout. He wore a leg brace from childhood onward. He walked with a limp, but he was a tireless worker for Christ and the Church. He wrote in a letter to a fellow Marian in the spring of 1926 how hard he was working for the church in Lithuania. He wrote, I was working day and night. I fasted and prayed. God blessed my work, and after a month, I felt that the climate began to change for the better. In the first month, I slept six hours during one night only, while usually I slept three to five hours. A priest who had accompanied the archbishop on his work as the apostolic visitator described the attitude of the Lithuanians toward Blessed George. The Lithuanians who knew his nobility and gentleness, his extensive and profound culture, his devotion to the church were greatly delighted with his arrival in December of 1925 and immediately surrounded him with respect. And these were not only the faithful, but a good number of those whose beliefs differed from those of the Catholics, with whom he discussed many times issues of great interests for the whole community. And what is to be said about the Catholics who trusted in his goodness, prudence, and energy? The reverend bishops were attached to him. Priests respected him as a father, and the faithful felt the same way. 
wherever they heard his warm and convincing voice, while the young Catholics saw him as a teacher and friend. <clears throat> Years later, Bishop Bucis said that Blessed George would be considered someday to be the outstanding figure of 20th century Lithuania. Well, we have come to know this outstanding figure of Blessed George through this podcast. There is now a presumed miracle through his intercession. We are working on gathering the documents and having them verified. Let us pray for his canonization. Perhaps in the future, uh, it would be possible to do another podcast on him, perhaps analyzing his letters. Hopefully, more will be translated into English. There is a wonderful biography of him, and there are books on his letters and his articles, etc. Hopefully, in the fall, I will be doing a new podcast on a work called Morning Star. This is a work by the Venerable Servant of God, Kazmir Vyshinsky. He is a very interesting figure. He is a Marian who lived in the 18th century. He was the first one who began working toward the canonization of our founder, St. Stanislaus Papczynski. Kazmir helped to reform our community in that century, and he expanded our ranks beyond Poland to Bohemia and to Portugal. Hopefully, there will be announcement on that uh, podcast coming uh, in the fall, around September or October. I hope. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful podcast. I learned so much. I hope you did too. Let's continue to ask Blessed George for his prayers and intercession, and God bless you. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, 
pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.